Well, I'm really excited to be joined by author, inventor, uh, entrepreneur, CEO of Crown Sterling, explorer, host of Gaia's Codex series, and, and really so much more, Robert Edward Grant. Robert, thanks so much for joining me on Megalithic Marvels. Great to be here with you, Derek. Man, you are a busy guy doing so many things, and I've really enjoyed following you the past few years, especially since I started to see uh, your trips to uh, Egypt and this discovery you made inside the Great Pyramid. You've got so much to share, so I'm really just going to turn it over to you, and I'll ask you some questions along the way, and um, just really honored to have you, Robert, and take it from here. Great to be here with you, and exciting. You know, I've been a follower of your content and everything on Instagram for a few years now on megalithic marbles. And I, I absolutely love it. So thank you for the invitation. Very much appreciate it. And for those that uh, that are interested in my work that might not know about it, you could find me also on Instagram at Robert Edward Grant. Um, and, uh, and then also on my website, uh, robertedwardgrant.com. So I'll go ahead and get started. So we're going to start with where it kind of all began uh, for me, which was the discovery of the Alpha Omega on the rim of the sarcophagus. Now, to put this in context, Derek knows that the Great Pyramid is famously devoid of any uh, writing other than that which is in the basin underneath the chevrons. Of course, there's graffiti uh, on the inside of the pyramid and all around the pyramid. But as far as like writing that would give us clues that would be left by the builders, uh, you know, there's just nothing except for these four ancient letters that are believed to be uh, Paleo-Hebraic. Um, and they're, they're sort of a, a language that's more close to, to Phoenician. Uh, and, and Robert Schock has tried to decode that, that language. And uh, there are different, you know, a few different theories on it, uh, on what, what those letters say in the basin underneath the chevrons at the original entrance of the Great Pyramid. But other than that, there is no hieroglyphic uh, you know, uh, petroglyphs left behind for us to kind of look at and understand more about the purpose of the Great Pyramid or or who built it. And, and so I went to Israel in 2018. And while I was in Israel for a week, I had this feeling that I was going to discover something when I was in Egypt a few days later. I'd been to Egypt in 2017. I felt compelled to go back only seven months later. And um and so while I was on the plane on the way to Israel and while I was in Israel on buses uh, touring the Holy Land, and then also while I was on the plane flying to Egypt, I uh, was drawing Alpha Omegas the entire time. And it was just in my consciousness. It was de deeply embedded in my consciousness. And I was drawing the sacred geometric forms of those Alpha Omegas. And when I arrived in Egypt, um, I was with a group of about 12 of my friends and and one of them was laying in the sarcophagus uh, that evening in the Great Pyramid. I had basically uh, taken over the pyramid uh, for the night. And I've spent 11 nights in the Great Pyramid now. At that time, it was only my second time. And while my friend was laying in the sarcophagus, I would lean over into the sarcophagus and hum at the resonance of the sarcophagus. The chamber has its own resonance frequency. And it it most definitely will resonate very loudly. So it'll start to go whoa, 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 like, like it's an engine turning on, like very, very loudly. And if we have time, I'll I'll play some of that sound for you so you can listen to what exactly it sounds like if you've never had a chance to go. But um, while I was standing above and then resonating the chamber to find that exact note uh, that would resonate it, which is 117 
hertz, um, I ended up having a memory. Like I had some, it was the best way I could describe it is like a flashback memory of being in the same place, standing in the same place and watching an alpha omega being pressed or melted in a way uh, with some sort of green light technology into the rim of the sarcophagus. And I immediately turned to exactly the spot where I had that memory of where it was. And there were other people in the room in my memory. It was, it was very strange. And I looked down at the rim of the sarcophagus exactly where I had seen it in this memory flashback. Uh, I, I noticed very faintly an alpha omega on the rim. Now, I, I knew that there was no writing uh, that's supposed to be on the sarcophagus, graffiti or otherwise. And, um, and it was very hard to see from a certain angle of light. And, um, but I did see it. And then right after that, um, the Egyptologists that were with me in the grand gallery, I called them in and, and I showed them and they're like, did you make that? What, what happened? You know, I'm like, well, this is dolerite. There's no way, you know, it's made of 55% quartz crystal. If you take a hammer and chisel to it, that a lot of that thing is going to shatter, which is probably why we've got this big crack on the side here on the corner on the front. So, uh, this video was actually taken uh, of his experience, uh, a guy by the name of Will Wire, who worked closely with me, and he went to find the Alpha Omega. And I, of course, took photographs of it, et cetera. You'll see those in a moment. But he went to find the Alpha Omega on his own when he went into the Great Pyramid uh, after reading all about mine on Instagram, et cetera. And, uh, and this was his experience. You can see it's not easy to see until you get the light just right. Wow. And you could see a very clear letter A and the shape of the omega right next to it. It's a smaller, it's exactly 0.618 the size. So the golden ratio size. So here's the omega right here. And here's the letter A. And together, these are 5.605 inches wide. Um, and that is significant because 5.605 inches, uh, if you square that number, it's 31.415926, which is pi times 10. And the perimeter of the room itself of the king's chamber is 31.4159 meters precisely. Now, I know you've been in there before, right, Derek? Have you had a chance to see this? You know, we looked for it when we were in there this past February, and um, I wish I would have had one of these red lights that you carry because it was it was definitely hard to make out, like you said. But we faintly saw it, and um, it was it was something to behold, that's for sure. Isn't that kind of amazing though that nobody saw it? And and probably had I not had that memory flashback, I would have never seen it. So I mean, just to just to go back and see that again, you'll see how when the light pops in place in the exact right spot, it, it sort of reveals itself. So when you made this, you know, when you see this thing, tell us like what's going on in your mind right there and what's happening with the group? Are people just going crazy? Well, it was kind of funny because for me, I immediately knew my entire, I mean, for me, it was such a massive realization. I knew my entire life was going to change. Like, that's how profound it was. I knew that this was sort of like, you know, if there's a, 
you know, BC and AD moment in your life, this was the BC and AD moment for me. And I, I just, because I had remembered it and I saw the other people that were in the room, there were five people total in the room with me. And I've since then identified uh, one of those other people, um, actually two of the other people that were in the room with me in the memory in this life. So it it was the most bizarre thing ever, right? I, I That was what was going through my mind. I was just like stunned. And I remember I had told Nassim Haramain, you may know Nassim, the physicist, he was supposed to come with me on the trip. I had invited him to come with me and I brought, you know, these 12 other guys with me that were just my friends that had been touring Israel with me. Now, you should also know that the night before I was in Jerusalem and we had toured um, and had dinner, a state dinner inside Solomon's Quarry, which is the quarry that's immediately underneath the Dome of the Rock. So this is where they took the stones from the limestone to build Solomon's temple. Okay. And this is also famously where the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to have been hidden for over a thousand years from the time of King Zedekiah all the way up until the time of the Knights Templar, right? So King Zedekiah was the period in which Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the Babylonian king, came and attacked Israel, which led to the, the original diaspora, right? They took the children of Israel into captivity. So the Ark of the Covenant was taken out of, this is around 600 BC, was taken out of uh, Solomon's temple and and hidden inside the caves of Zedekiah, or what were also you know known as Solomon's quarry. And I had a dinner there the night before, and it was this beautiful, incredible dinner. It was a surprise dinner. I happened to be the host, but even I didn't know we were having it in there because um, it was the the guide there had 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 shrouded it all in mystery and secrecy, and is like nobody's allowed in here. And since they've closed it, but. Um, you know, we had this incredible dinner and there was a state level dinner and I was supposed to give a speech. And so I said, where's the bathroom? <laughs> Cause I need to go to the bathroom before I talk. And, um, I decided to, uh, to act like I was looking for the bathroom and I, and I went deep into the cave where it said, do not enter. I actually have it all on video. I posted it on Instagram before. And so you can find it if you go back and search through my thousands of posts, but but basically, I, I went in there trying to find the place where the Ark of the Covenant had been hidden. Now, remember also the Ark of the Covenant fits perfectly inside of the dimensions that are told to us in the Bible fit perfectly inside of the sarcophagus here in front of you. So maybe there's more than just the fact that all the children of Israel left Egypt that Ramses III chased after them right through the, through the Red Sea. Maybe it's because they took something out of the sarcophagus, which we now know as the Ark of the Covenant. Now, what's interesting about it, though, is that that night when I went in there, I went deep into the cave. Uh, you know, it was almost about half a mile, I would say. And I found a spot in the cave where there was a mound of uh, crystallized limestone that had turned into quartz crystal. And I found that kind of remarkable, first of all. And it was next to some steps. And I looked down. I got it all on tape, too. I looked down. And there was an Alpha Omega carved into the floor right at that spot. Wow. So this is on the day before 5-6-1-8, right, 2018. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, um, which is interesting because that's a, a very specific phi date as well. Five, six, hexapentacus, and 618, of course, is the golden ratio. And the golden ratio is derived from the square root of five. So this was uh, a, about a week or so before my birthday, because I'm born on 516. And so basically, I... Uh, I, I found this Alpha Omega carved into the floor. I later found out that that's where the Royal Arch Freemasons go every year to that exact spot to uh, basically do a consecration prayer to the Ark of the Covenant. Then they've been doing it since 1969. So they did it from 1848 um, until 1948. And then 1948, that plot of land was turned over. It became part of Jordan. And it was sort of like not allowed to be accessed, right, by the Israel side. And so the the Royal Arch Freemasons, and I'm not a Freemason, but the, the Royal Arch Freemasons were not able to have access to it for 20 years until 1969. And so they've been doing it every year in that same spot since 1969. So, of course, then I, I went back, you know, uh, and I was kind of crawling through this dark cave and uh, and I went back to give my speech, <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was pretty epic. So the night before, I discovered that. So on five six eighteen, I discovered that in Jerusalem, and then on on five seven two thousand eighteen, I discovered this. That's that's insane. I love I love how you're going to the use the restroom before a speech, and you end up doing a little Indiana Jones uh, side tour. <laughs> totally, totally right. So. so um, you, you mentioned, is, go ahead. Well, you mentioned two things. I just got to ask you real quick, you know, give us a, just a, a nutshell version of the significance of the A, the Alpha and the Omega. And then you're saying the Ark of the Covenant would have fit in this actual uh, box inside the, the King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid. Correct. Yep. We've done the precise measurements and even with the poles that were attached to the Ark of the Covenant so that you could hold it. Um, it, it fits precisely into the sarcophagus. So interesting story. And of course, I've always loved sort of like the Indiana Jones stories and everything. And so maybe I'm just living out my dream right now when I was a kid. But, you know, it's funny because now the uh, the the latest Indiana Jones installment is coming out, right? I mean, he's, he's practically like 80 years old now. <laughs> and, and, and apparently this one is like, it's, it's called the Dial of Destiny. And this one is about him. Uh, they, they're able to deep fake Harrison Ford to a young man. Wow. So that's kind of interesting, like time going backwards type of thing, the dial yeah. of destiny. Interesting. So before I answer that question on the significance Alpha Omega, because it's in the course of this presentation, let me go ahead and go through this and it'll be it'll stack, all this knowledge will stack on each other and we'll have a better understanding of it. So first of all, the sarcophagus is made of rose granite. And interesting that the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, 
right? Emerald is the birthstone of the bull, right? Of Taurus. It's it's there are two birthstones for Taurus, though. One of them is emerald, right? Which has this unique characteristic that its atomic stability is very, very high. And so it, it will not change or morph with time. And and the other is rose quartz. And rose quartz is what the the uh, sarcophagus is made out of. It's made of rose quartz and granite. So it's 55% quartz and the rest is just granite. So it's rose granite. So basically, you know, rose quartz aligns with the heart chakra governing the emotions, especially love, and is known as the love stone. It can be used to nurture, attract, pro love, promote self-acceptance or a more spiritual level, love of whatever you hold sacred or divine. And it happens to be very, very brittle stone, as I mentioned. Okay, so all of this was uh, from the quarries at Aswan, which are very far away. You've been there, right? You have to take a plane generally. It's like, you know, something like uh, 500 miles to get to Aswan. So to get this heavy stone there is just a remarkable feat. Now, this is a photograph of the same thing. And you can see the alpha here, the A, and then the omega right here. Right now, the surface of the sarcophagus is is pretty bumpy and everything. You can also see it right here, and it even has serifs. And then you could see the omega right here. Now, I don't believe. First of all, the alpha omega as symbols you will find <laughs> as as older older than any hieroglyphics, and there are many now. We found this all over Egypt, and so our our expeditions that I go on are in search for alpha chi omega all over Egypt. And we've found it now literally everywhere. I believe that these, this is a holdover language that is from Atlantean, but originally from Arcturians that helped the Atlanteans. So these letters uh, you'll find at the Serapium, the oldest sites in Egypt, you know, really even recognized by, um, by Egyptologists today would be the Serapium, which I'm sure you've been to, where there are 12 or 24, excuse me, very large sarcophagi. And on the backside of each of them, we found 12 of the 24 have alpha chi omega etched into the backside. Wow. So this was a discovery I only made in April of this year on a trip that I had where I was hosting a group of uh, uh, blockchain experts and industry leaders. And I had the uh, the director of uh, of Saqqara, who was the top Egyptologist for all of Saqqara, with me, and he was just shaking his head. I got it all on video. He's like, I can't <laughs> believe we're finding these Alpha Chi Omegas on the backs of all of these. And and you know, he's like, you need to stay with us for a month so we can discover the rest of what's here, <laughs> right? So this is not Greek letters. The Greeks got this from somebody else. So basically, um, can you see the omega here? So now that you can see this, yeah, right. It's pretty clear when you know what to look for. Right. But when you don't know what to look for, as you experienced, it's tough. Very tough. So the alpha omega is five point six oh five inches, and it's two point five seven inches high which is interesting because 257 degrees divided by 360 gives you 0.718. That relates to the Euler number. Another thing that points to Euler 
is that each of these alpha omega symbols actually represent the major mathematical constants. Their proportions are precise and they match the mathematics of the Great Pyramid itself, which is pretty remarkable, right? So you've got the letter A, which is 3.24 inches wide, right? And divide that by 5.6 inches, total inches, and you get the euler mascheroni number, right? Which is a mathematical constant that is, you know, only been discovered um, as, a, as an irrational number, you know, back in the time of Leonard Euler. Okay, and it's a very important one that determines in large part angular momentum and spin in physics. And then you've got the this one, the omega symbol is 1.86 inches uh, high. And, and that is relative to the speed of light. So light speed in miles per second is 186,282 miles per second. And so we're seeing here that the usage of the foot, meter, and cubit were all embedded into the Great Pyramid. The perimeter of the King's Chamber, 31.4159262, right, meters, which is exactly pi times 10. So that means the meter and the entrance coming into the King's Chamber is one meter high. So how did they know to do exactly these types of measurements? Now, also, when you look at the King's Chamber, you compare the sarcophagus to the king's chamber itself, the sarcophagus will fit volumetrically into the king's chamber exactly 137 and a half times. Now that's remarkable in and of itself because that's pointing us to the golden angle, exactly the golden angle. So if you just simply take the sarcophagus, stack it on its side, it will stack six times to the ceiling and five times across wall to wall, right? So wow. the, the king's chamber is almost exactly two perfect cubes next to each other. So it's it's like a, a rectangular shape, right? But the height is slightly larger than the width. And that differential is, is a ratio of 1.11111. So it's exactly you know 19.1 inches versus 17.18. Uh, so 19.1 feet versus 17.18 feet. And that difference between the two is 1.11111, which is an interesting ratio in and of itself, right? Because that's that's pointing us also to, to other stuff related to the Giza Plateau on why the Giza Plateau as a plan is a unified plan. And 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 I, I might have time to go through some of that, but uh, but if we don't, we'll, we'll, we can come back and do another call on that one. But But basically what we found here is that not only that, but the distance from the corners. So the length of the sarcophagus is 89.62 inches. And the distance from the peak of the A to the far corner on the right, to our right here, is exactly 33 inches. So 33 inches. Now, 33 divided by 89.62 inches gives me one over the Euler number which is very, very advanced mathematics. The Euler number was only supposed to have been discovered by Isaac Newton, who also was a great student of the Great Pyramid, uh, who, who actually derived that 1.718 cubit was relative to the Euler number, so Euler minus one. And you know, a lot of his work in alchemy was sort of sold and tossed aside. A lot of it ended up in the hands of uh, Bill Gates, in fact. 
because Cambridge University wanted to disavow themselves of his esoteric work. They, they liked his work in geometry, but they didn't realize that part of the reason why he had such advanced understanding for the time of, of uh, geometry and gravity is because of his esoteric work. So basically what, what you have here is you have at 33 inches, the peak of the letter A, and 33 divided by 89.62 equals one over alpha. So that's really interesting. One over, one over Euler, excuse me, one over Euler. And then you have, uh, you know, these ratios of 89.62 divided by 31.4 gives us the speed of light plus one. So uh, 2.86, right, is the number of times that goes in. And, and then you have also the, the width of the omega symbol is the phi ratio as well in inches, 1.62 inches. So that's pretty remarkable. Now, the other thing is the peak or the center of the omega is at the 30th inch from the right side. And the inches that you see on the bottom are from the left side. Okay. And these are all mathematical constants also. So their exact precise placement uh, would mean it would be a remarkable coincidence for this to be graffiti, right? Because for it to match the exact width of one, the square root of pi times 10, which is the perimeter of the room in meters, that's just remarkable. And then also the peak of the omega is at the 30th inch, which is 0.33 precisely of the length of the sarcophagus. Even the 89.62 inches is significant because 89 is a uh, Fibonacci number, as you probably know, and 0.62 is the golden ratio again. So this is just too much coincidence, right? To, to say that this is a, some sort of a scratch left by someone who visited later. And so you believe, Robert, that those were inscribed at the original construction of this yes. structure? Yep. Incredible. I believe this is like a signature of the architect. That was fascinating. Thank you so much for taking us through that. And in closing, I know you got to go. Um, I know you've got your Egypt tour coming up. Tell people yep. about this virtual tour pass. The virtual pass. Purchase. The virtual pass is is available on my website, robertedwardgrant.com. Join us. I mean, you're, you're literally going to feel like you're on the adventure with us. We have 80 people with us. Uh, last time we went, we discovered more than 200 new things, new petroglyphs on this hunt for the Alpha Chi Omega all over and remembering who we are. And this is a really, really exciting time. And, and I'm thrilled to, to be a part of it and to, to help be a catalyst for, I think, the change that's happening in the world right now. Yeah. And so you're going uh, next month in February, right? Yep. So it starts February 25th, goes to March 8th. Okay. I think I might have to get my own pass there and uh, follow Robert on Instagram at Robert Edward Grant. Go to his website, watch his Codex series on guides. Incredible. Robert, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much.